Quantum Rabbit, a Frankensound podcast. Hello and welcome. My name's Rolly Skender. This episode was originally recorded for a series which is no longer available called The Outspoken Inn. It was an experimental podcast between myself and a friend called Grant Shade, or Shady, which has since morphed into a film review podcast based on Shady's blog called Film Shapes. We're both still doing that. If you want to check it out at Spreaker.com. This original episode was also a forerunner for some of the ideas in this series. It's a true story with very little exaggeration. It has been slightly abridged from the original version. Here it is. It's called Waltzing Mandarin. I hope you enjoy the story. I want to tell you the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, I'm a musician. Hmm. Uh, I've played in a lot of different kinds of bands over the years. Weird rock and roll, electronic, experimental noise, orchestral, soundtrack, music, bad jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but about seven years ago, I discovered something new. What's that? Country music. I know what you're thinking. Country music isn't new. Mm. Maybe it's a bit meh. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not one of the 100 million fans in the USA that listen to it regularly. Mm. Millions more around the world. Really? Yeah. Millions. You know, country music is actually... Uh, there's a different angle on it. Go on. All right. When I used to think of country music, I would think of Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. Luckily, there's another side to country music. But before I get into that, I wanted to ask Shady what he thought. Mm, I haven't listened to much of it for, well, any of it for years. My old man used to listen to Kenny Rogers and Charlie Pride. I always thought it was a bit naff. I still do. No, I'm not into the knee-slapping yee-haw kind of shit, you know. But, well, there's no but. I, I just don't like it. I know where Shady's coming from, and I used to feel the same way. One day, I was listening to the radio, and there was a guy on there talking about a folk singer, widely considered to be one of the best songwriters that ever lived. Really? I'd never heard of Towns Van Sant. Who was this guy? What was so great about his songs? It turns out he was born in Texas in 1944. He died at the age of 52 in 1997, following a life of manic depression and binge drinking. But that didn't fully explain his tragic story. Towns Van Zandt had been subjected to three months of insulin shock therapy in his early 20s. Insulin shock therapy, or insulin coma therapy, was introduced in 1927 by Austrian-American psychiatrist Manfred Sekel. It was used a lot in the 40s and 50s, mainly for schizophrenia, before falling out of favour and being replaced by antipsychotic drugs in the 60s. Patients were repeatedly injected with large doses of insulin in order to produce daily comas over several weeks, which included spasms and thrashing and moaning and things like that. If you remember the film A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, he played mathematician John Nash and he was subjected to this kind of shock therapy during the course of his life. 
The therapy itself fell out of favour due to time and medical supervision constraints, and also patients may have recovered regardless. The treatment was intended to help his depression, but in the case of Towns, it had the effect of erasing huge swathes of his long-term memory. Imagine losing most of your childhood recollections, permanently. I watched a video online of Towns in the 70s, sitting down playing guitar and singing his song, Waiting Around to Die. It's one of my favourite songs. There's only two other people visible in the room. And somewhere around the third verse, the old guy in the background is nodding his head, his eyes go red and he starts to cry. It's not staged. He's just connecting with the song, and it's real. So I started listening to Towns a lot more. There's something about the music that's so simple. I like that it's not trying to impress anyone. It's just an expression of a guy being who he is, telling tall stories, sad tales, and finding a bit of joy in it all at the same time. It led me to start listening to a lot of other music too which I'd never even thought about listening to before. Like Graham Parsons, Gillian Welsh and a guy called Blaze Foley. Ralph Stanley and the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack got stuck in my head. I began to listen to these old sounds in a different way. And it wasn't long before I had my own country band going with friends. Well, sort of country. We got a vintage 1980s synthesizer and were mixing it with finger-picking guitars and four-part vocal harmonies. Kind of a folk, country, western electro thing. But this whole story isn't about a band. It's about a solo show I got asked to do and a song I didn't know how to play yet. It was the worst gig of my life. Okay, well, here's a puzzler for you then. Yeah. I, as I said before, I don't like country music, but I'm kind of partial to a bit of folk. I like the old uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Cat Stevens, etc. Why yeah. is that? Well, I think that's a little door. That's a little door that you've kind of left open. You're letting a little bit of country music in through that door at the moment. And get, maybe Get out of here. Yeah, I think you are. A friend got in touch about a show he couldn't do or possibly didn't want to do didn't immediately sound like something I wanted to do either. In fact, the concept kind of made me cringe. And it scared me. I was filming one of those arts industry skills development workshops a while back, and I recalled someone saying it was a good idea to run towards your fear rather than away from it. Mm, hang on. Fear? Running towards the fear rather than away? Yeah. Depends what the fear is, I suppose. Um, you know, if it's a fucking animal of some sort, something quite scary, don't... It's probably not a good idea then. No. If you're an actor and someone uh, offers you a part that you don't really feel you're Mm. ready to do so it scares the shit out of you, then the best thing you can do is, yeah, say yes. This is like an internal problem then, not an external. Yeah, like oil drums exploding. Mm. Run away. uh, Probably different. Randy elephant, run away. Run away. Yeah, okay. That would seem to make sense playing a song you didn't know in front of 
loads of people who were probably going to be ambivalent towards it. Mm. Mm. It's kind of, mm. that's different. That's daunting. The deal was this. Play guitar and sing the Australian folk ballad Waltzing Matilda at a dinner function celebrating Chinese and Australian diplomacy. The event was to be held in a hotel ballroom and I was to be one of many performers but the only one engaged specifically to bring some form of Australiana to the occasion. My friend passed on my contact details and from that point I was on my own. Waltzing Matilda is Australia's most well-known bush ballad. The original lyrics were written in 1895 by Banjo Patterson to music played on a zither by a friend of his, Christina McPherson. The tune is based on Thou Bonnie Wood of Craigie Lee, a Celtic folk tune from 1818, which in turn was probably taken from the pre-1812 melody Go to the Devil and Shake Yourself. Patterson's lyrics are generally accepted to be about an incident on the McPherson property that happened just prior to writing. In September 1894, a striking shearer, Samuel Hofmeister, shot and killed himself at the Billabong, or Waterhole, after a chase by the military, the troopers one, two, three of the song. This all stemmed from the Great Shearers' Strike of 1891, which pitted unionised shearers against non-unionised scabs and led to the creation of the ALP, the Australian Labor Party. The event was in one week, but I didn't actually know the song yet. Of course, I knew it by the melody and the first verse like any other half-assed Australian, but I never actually played it before. I put together my own little version, changed it up a little in the verses, but not so much that it didn't sound like the original, just enough so that it didn't make me cringe quite so much when I was playing it. I, I even started to like it a little bit. I played it over and over all week until I was ready for the rehearsal which was the night before the main event. I'd been told which building to meet in for the rehearsal, and as I walked up the stairs with my guitar on my back, I could hear a lot of music and talking. I opened the first door I arrived at to find a large room with a group of girls practicing a dance routine. There were other people sitting around the outside of the room like they were waiting for their turn to perform. Everyone had an Asian appearance, and I guessed I was in the right place. It was a bit strange, though, that nobody said hello. There were some girls behind a desk that just looked confused when I approached them and looked at each other like, who the fuck is this guy? It felt uncomfortable enough that I walked out. Then I noticed another door. This was the door to meet the actual people I was supposed to be rehearsing with. There may have been some bias in my assumption that the first door was the right one because it had Chinese people behind it, but the experience wasn't going to get much easier. They were friendly and a similar sized group to next door. They had a PA system and a couple of microphones, but no mic stands. The microphones were of the wireless radio mic variety and were cutting out intermittently with a bit of white noise and crackles. When it was my turn, I had to play and sing while a friendly woman held a microphone to my guitar and a man held a microphone to my mouth. He also decided to sing the chorus with me. Then I was done 
All good. See you tomorrow. I rocked up to the ballroom for sound check the next night. There was a lot of fancy tables and chairs and big video screens, with a fair amount of buzz in the air as people were getting ready for the big event. I sensed the stress levels were rather high. After all, there was going to be a lot of government officials and diplomats there in just over an hour. The events company wanted to make sure everything was going to run smoothly. The sound guy was there with mics on stage, on stands. It was all ready to go, so I stepped onto the stage for the sound check. But then a massive argument started up on the dance floor right in front of me. The rest of the room went silent. The friendly lady from the rehearsal the night before was getting verbally blasted in Mandarin by an older lady who was also involved in the event somehow. How many people were in the room then? Oh, there's about 20 people kind of hanging around doing various things. Do you have any idea what it was about? I've got no idea. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is strange. Um, did anybody sort of get involved apart from that other woman who grabbed her? Yeah, there was another woman that came in and grabbed the, the older lady trying to pull her away because, you know. Who was at fault? Was it the singer? Uh, I, I don't know. You should have jumped in. I reckon. You, Put your guitar down, jumped in the middle. Stage, Ladies, stage dive on. off into the... Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'd have done. I had no idea what they were saying. So I started playing and did the sound check. Once a jolly Just ignoring them, really. After a couple of verses, things chilled out. The sound on stage was great. With none of the crackling mess from the night before. Pretty soon I was done, and it was the next performer's turn. The next performer was the friendly lady from the night before that was just getting yelled at. She was singing Chinese opera. Chinese opera dates back to ancient China, but evolved over many years to reach its mature form in the 13th century Song Dynasty. It incorporates art forms such as music, dance, martial arts, literature and acrobatics. There are over 350 variants of Chinese opera, with the best known being Beijing opera which uses traditional string and percussion instruments to accompany the acting. The acting is broad and physical, full of gestures, footwork and lots of movement. There are more than 1,000 works in Beijing opera, mostly historical, political and military stories. I was watching the sound check and everything was sounding really good, but she wants more reverb. Reverb is a sound effect that creates a trail of sonic reflections after a sound is finished almost like thousands of tiny echoes that you can't hear individually. The effect can be subtle or very obvious, making a singer sound like they're in a bathroom, a cathedral, or maybe at the bottom of a well. But she wants more reverb. No, that's not enough. More. It's very dry up here, she keeps saying. More reverb. Eventually she gets what she wants. There's some acrobatic guys that jump about for a bit and it's time for the audience to come in, clear the stage. Tick tock, waiting backstage to perform Walsing Matilda as an Australian. The thought hits me suddenly and I realise that I'm actually there to represent my country and it's a little bit confusing. Is this what national pride feels like? Probably not. The audience has just been served entree. I step into the single beam of light on stage and begin with an admittedly cringeworthy line. G'day.
Hope the tucker's good. And I begin playing. I hear the sound of the guitar, but it starts to sound almost like it's wandering away from me. It's only when I start singing that I realise the sound guy has left the reverb on from the Chinese opera singer's sound check. It's too late to stop. I'm only there for one song. It sounded awful to me, but who knows what it sounded like out the front. So I play on. And by the second verse, things are pretty bad. I can't hear the timing of my own finger-picking, so I find myself semi-stopping and attempting to pick up the time again, while partially forgetting some of the words with the distraction of this wall of echoey shit bouncing up at me from the foldback speakers on the floor. The song Walsing Matilda. The words tell of a man preferring to drown in a billabong than be taken alive. But now I was drowning in an ocean of reverb. Eventually it was over. I finish the song and I say thank you in my best Mandarin. Shi shi. A few weeks later I receive a check in the mail with a note. It said, thank you very much to your outstanding performance. Maybe it wasn't that bad out front after all. But truthfully, I'm not sure they were listening. <laughs>